the Eighth Circuit Network. We make things. Put them in your brain. Hello, and welcome back to yet another episode of Funk Radio. This is your host, Kyle. And this is your other host, Peter. And today we are being joined by a special co-host, Alex. A special can... ghost host. Okay. Am, am I a, a ghost host with the most? You're the ghost yes. host with the mostest. Did I say ghost host? I meant to say guest host. You, I think you said guest host, but it sounded like ghost host. Oh, because so I, I slur. Because you're drunk. No, drunk radio. <laughs> no, this is funk radio, not drunk radio. That's true, that's true. So, for those listeners who may or may not know, Alex is our resident expert on electronic music. He joined us for an episode a very long time ago, at least one. Did you join us twice or just once before? Just once. Uh, we talked about how electronic music and funk were kind of influencing each other. Isn't that where we discovered Cohen sound? Yes, that it was. I think so. That's how I discovered Pretty Lights. But it's not Cone sound. It doesn't make the thunk noise when you drive over it. <laughs> oh, speaking of Pretty Lights, just to do a side plug, mm-hmm. Alex, did you know that the next album that he's releasing is actually releasing in vinyl, along with, obviously, digital and CD formats? I did not know that, but that yeah. is very cool. Yeah. I know a lot of uh, artists have started doing that these days. I think vinyl is, like, gaining traction with more than just the hipster crowd, so I think more artists are seeing it as a viable medium. Especially for money. Yeah, people are willing to pay, like, $30 for a vinyl as opposed to, like, $10 for a CD. Yeah. Well, supposedly it has better sound, so... Yeah, that's it. Uh, I'm biased, but I would say so. Because mm. I have, like, an entire collection of vinyl now. <laughs> Such a hipster. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, not anymore, apparently. Yeah, apparently I'm, I'm apparently, I have to get rid of all my vinyl and start buying eight tracks So because I'm too mainstream. <laughs> the reason that we're all here today is to talk about a brand new musical album that came out on May 21st. The album is called Random Access Memories, and it's by the widely famous electronic duo Daft Punk. Daft Punk, two androids trying to change the world of music. That's true. Yeah. Fun, fun fact about Daft Punk, because I was actually reading a little bit of an article about them today i guess when they first started out in like the very early 90s when they were going around to these different um french clubs and such before they developed their iconic robot helmets they would wear bags over their heads (laughs) because (laughs) basically from the beginning they wanted to like distance their physical being from the music and have the music be more of a uh what's the word like Kind of stand on its own and not exactly. be part of because, it. It's not about them, it's about the music. Yeah, basically, yeah. They didn't want to be, be superstars, you know, where people associated them with the music. They wanted the music to stand alone for what it was. So they, like, wore trash bags, and then they moved on to wearing, like, really scary, like, uh, Halloween masks. Mm-hmm. And I guess a friend of theirs, who was kind of crafty, decided to make these, like, helmets for them back in, like, uh, all the way, like, this is, like, another couple years later, like, in late 90s. Mm-hmm. And he he made these helmets for them, but I guess these helmets, the the two robots, the gold and the silver guy, I don't know what their names are, originally had wigs on them, <laughs> with hair, <laughs> That's cool. and they decided like right like right before they were about to do this major concert in the nineties where they were going to debut these things, they just ripped off the wigs because they thought they were stupid, <laughs> and went with the with the with just the bald helmets, and then that just carried on for the next thirteen years. <laughs> I, I definitely like the robot heads better. It's way cooler. Yeah. And robots with hair. 
Yeah, better than like plastic bags because you like suffocate. That's a bad lesson for children. <laughs> so today we wanted to kind of go through song by song, just doing a little bit of a review of this album because it's been very hyped over the last couple of months. Yeah, it was massively hyped all the way up to like late, like from what I was hearing about it, all the way up to like December, and then they had that little snippet at Coachella that just caused like this massive explosion of hype greater than we have ever seen. Even before that, they had a uh, 15 second clip um, on an an ad. Oh yeah, on SNL, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, they, they like slowly, what they did was they first, they had that 15 second ad on SNL, then they had a longer version of it, I think they posted on the internet, it was like 30 seconds. Like the first version was just like the, the beat in the background, second version had the robot voices, mm-hmm. and then they eventually showed like the clip which had Robert Robert, Williams. Yeah, Williams singing, and them, you know, playing keyboard and guitar, and then Niall Rogers was there playing bass. So cool. that guy's awesome. But yeah, and then they eventually released that single, which was "Get Lucky." Yeah, that was massive. Like the day it came out, it was like all over K Rock. It was nuts. Well, I like how people were like piecing together. Oh mixes yeah. Of it before it was released, there were, were like, so desperate to hear. There were so many of those on Reddit where people were yeah were trying to like piece it together by what was released and. Like, well, none of them got it right. I remember what they did, uh, I, some people did, is they took that, the just the robot voice clip, the 30-second one, yeah. repeated it over and over again, because it, they released it so that it was easily loopable, mm. and then they just remixed it. Mm. it was, it's pretty awesome. That's cool. That's pretty cool. It's funny how, like, there's people that are so infatuated with Daft Punk that given just a little snippet of their music, they go insane and like, I need to make a song. That's fine. It shows the how, I guess, talented and fanatic their fan bases before we jump into going really song by song i just wanted to get your guys's like opinion of the overall album as a whole assuming you guys listen to it yeah all the way through just to get like an overall sense of what you guys thought the the piece as a whole was when when this album was like announced i was like this what are they gonna do after they did tron like (laughs) what revolutionary music thing could they do and they did something very revolutionary what they did was they decided to collaborate with a bunch of different anywhere from the the 50s to 60s to all the way to like the 80s and 90s like popular musical artists and not all of them are popular some of them are very indie but like mm-hmm. they were they each of each and every one of them did something revolutionary in their time and then yeah. They decided to go a little less electronic than usual, more funky, which is why it's convenient that you guys are way <laughs> Yeah, that's right. This is the funkiest album since their single, Defunk. Yes, it's the uh, electronic duo called Dada Life. They actually posted on Facebook saying they should just change their name to Daft Funk. <laughs> uh, That'd be cool. My, my general like thoughts on it are it's cool that they're doing this, but it's weird because i'm so used to the old death punk see yeah i'm 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 used to a lot of like their older stuff as well but i think this is like a refreshing i guess change of pace for them what's so great about daft punk is they're like they're like a sponge of other genres they can just (laughs) absorb any genre add their own awesome electronic feelings to it and then just make it and then that becomes signature daft punk Exactly. It's crazy how they can kind of just adapt any other formula of music, and then re retool it in a way that you that you're able to instantly associate it with, with them. Mm-hmm. 
it's, that's pretty crazy. Not a lot of bands or artists can do that. See, actually, for, for me, this is going to sound funny, but actually I like the concept that they did in making the album almost more than the album itself, um, if that makes any sense. I really appreciate that they kind of went back to their roots and decided who influenced us and how can we use them to help us make something new out of something old. I could, yeah, I can definitely tell this album was like an homage to the artists that influenced them as artists. Yeah. That's that's another thing that it reminds me that I, I wanted to say. One of the really cool things about this album is that they actually tried to use as much old technology mm. to make this as possible. So just real instruments, old synthesizers, and like whatever they could to use the old technology to make new sounds. I always appreciate when groups do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's cool that they can appreciate the artists from yesterday that you know made music what it is today. Because mm-hmm. I think I, you don't really see that that much in music as much as you should. Yeah, you don't see a lot of new artists sort of paying homage to the people that came before them, especially nowadays. Yeah. And it's refreshing to see people kind of going back to their roots. Kind of like um, that, what was that one record company from New York that we covered? Daptone? Yep, da- just like, kind of like Daptone Records, how they used a lot of, basically they tried to be as authentic as possible in using recording instruments from the 60s and 70s yeah. to make their funk and soul music. It's, it's very similar, where they're basically using a lot of instruments from the 80s, probably even farther back, the 70s, yeah. to sort of reinvent the electronic genre. And also, because electronic music has exploded so much into like a ridiculous degree, it's nice to see them going back to like where it kind of started, which, yeah. more than anything, is probably disco. Mm-hmm. So I guess the, fir- the first song on the album... The first song uh, is called um, Give Life Back just, Music. Yeah. I think that's that title is extremely apt for kind of the the feeling of the entire album as a whole because they're kind of breathing life back into these old formats and old styles of music. So it's like music gave us life, now I want to give it back. I think it's cool that they the the first track on here what they collaborated with Nile Rodgers from um, Chic. Yeah. Like, I know he's here and there in the album, but it was like, the first thing we heard about this album was that they were collaborating with Nile Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's cool that they included him in the first track. Well, and, yeah, yeah he seems to be prominent in um, some of the more catchy songs on this album. Obviously, the ones that kind of harken to the disco mm-hmm. uh, influence. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was on Lose Yourself to Dance, and uh, possibly Fragments of Time? Possibly. But yeah, no, Give Life Back to Music, it's great. It's got that very quintessential sort of disco, late 70s, early 80s sound, but it's it's still, you can instantly recognize that as a Daft Punk song. Yeah, there's the, the robot voices, or as um, my friend Bryson calls them, Robit. Ah, it's <laughs> cute. So, but basically they're using a vocoder to do that. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I do appreciate that like they did include their robot voices in the first one, yeah. and not totally jump out you know, somewhere else, because some of these songs don't have any of the vocoder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can see how that might upset some hardcore Daft Punk fans. Yeah. Well, this song is just very different than most of their other songs, and so, you know, you're going to scare the, the fans. <laughs> Might as well, you know, make sure they feel safe with the robot voices. Yeah. Should we actually go ahead and listen to a little clip of this song so that our listeners can understand what we're talking about? I yeah. think we should.
that was a short little clip from Give Life Back to Music, the opening track from this album. Indeed. Uh, I have a very short anecdote about this song. Okay. When I was when I was driving to work this morning, I was listening to this album. Mm-hmm. And while this song was playing, I passed a truck that was part of the um, Red Cross Association. And on the back of the truck was, in big letters, their phone number, which is 1-800-GIVE-LIFE. Uh, <laughs> the song is Give Life Back to Music. So I thought that was kind of fun. So yeah, definitely a really good first song. A lot of bands or artists, like their first song isn't usually a strong one. It's always usually the second song that's good. Mm. But in this one, I definitely think that the first song of the album is definitely a good lead into the entirety of it. Yeah. I think it, it's interesting. It starts out very like epic rock and then like slows down and smooths into a little mm. funky jam, you know? Yeah. It's 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 pretty cool, and then most of it's pretty funky and electronic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although not as electronic as usual. So the next song, um, the second song, I guess, off of the album is actually one of probably my favorites off the entirety of it, and I have no idea why. Is it's the game called of love? It's called the game of love. Yes, and it's definitely one of the slower songs, if not probably the slowest, mm-hmm. off of the album. But it's still got that same. What did you call it, Alex? Robot voices. Yeah, the robots. But it's like it's like if a robot sung you a lullaby, that's what this song is. That's actually a really good description. It's, I don't know, there's something incredibly soothing about it. It's just like, eh, when I listen to it. It's, I don't know, definitely a breakaway from, for Daft Punk because it is very slow and soothing, which is not usually Daft Punk. <laughs> it's also kind of a very sad song. It's oh, like, yeah, because yeah, it's all about, like, it's about like a, like a robot breakup or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like it's like if robots turned emo, this is what they would sing. <laughs> Maybe Dad Funk is turning emo. So, um, yeah, I guess you guys can't really get a good sense of the song without listening to a little clip of it. So here is a little robot snippet of uh, The Game of Love. Definitely mellow, and it makes it makes me happy. Alex, do you want to tell us about the third song in this album? Yeah, the third song in this album is actually my personal favorite. It's called Giorgio by Morodor, or however you pronounce that. I did that terribly. Anyways, it's one not, does not simply walk into Morodor. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's the first thing I thought of. They collaborated on this song with uh, Giorgio Mor- Morodor, or is it Morodor? I'd like to say Mordor because it fits better with my joke. <laughs> the first song on this album actually jumps back into their like electronic music that you're they're known for. It's it's very electronic, but it's got a little bit of funk in there, you know, and a little bit of jazz as well. It starts out with a like two minute long intro of Giorgio talking about how he like figured out electronic music and what it was he wanted to mix the sounds of the 50s 60s 70s with a future sound and that future sound came from the synthesizer and so he started adding this click to the track he's talking about that and then you start hearing the click that and then it jumps into the do 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 you know so the whole music itself which is the actual electronic part and then in the middle there's this like funky keyboard part and then some jazziness but then there's also orchestral music. It's just like full, yeah. full 
of all different like genres and it's actually the longest song on the album it is nine minutes and five seconds long that's impressive when they were releasing those little like mini mini snippets of the different collaborators on their album uh, i know the one uh regarding marauder the reason he was famous and possibly part of the reason he influenced them is because he had a major influence on dance music in the 80s because he collaborated a lot with Donna Summer and I think Madonna as well, kind of introducing some of the first really popular electronic backbeats to popular dance songs. Yeah, I know. I've, I have. I've, his name has come up when I've researched music over the last few years. I have never read up about him in depth, but I know that he's at least one of the forefathers of of electronic music, and I think it's really cool that they were able to get him to collaborate with them on this album because. I think in the in the interview that that they did with him, he was actually saying that wasn't he was saying that he was really excited to be able to work with Daft Punk because he really enjoyed their sound. Yeah, which is funny because he's really old. <laughs> so apparently he did he did part of the score for uh, Grand Theft Auto Three. If anyone cares, no one cares. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> His real notable stuff is the fact that he started uh, mostly like the basic electronic music, and he like worked with Donna Summers and and David Bowie and other people. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, Alex, you said that this was um, your favorite song from the entire album. Correct. Is there any particular reason why? I think it's because it hit me the hardest in the sense that the first two songs were totally unexpected the first time I was listening to this. Mm -hmm. I was like, what is this? It's not Daft Punk. Although now I like them. I do like them. Mm -hmm. I just had to, you know, get in the mood of, okay, this is Daft Punk, but it's different. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like how when uh, Panic! at the Disco lost their exclamation point, and they (laughs) sound very... They sounded very, uh, like, folk music, mm-hmm. and so this is, like, Daft Punk doing that. I, I Seriously, they should have just changed their name to Daft Funk for this album and then switched it back <laughs> to the next album. That's I like that. Um, which, is what, which is what Panic! at the Disco did. They added the exclamation point back and went back to their old sound. That's funny. Um, but no, this song jumped out at me because it was like, whoa, okay, we're back into the, the old Daft Punk I know and love, and also because of the complexities of all the different genres mixed together. Yeah. I guess some of that must be because, you know, he was talking about everything that uh, he wanted to do with his own music and his influence. So, I, I mean, I guess that's why all those different genres are mixed in. I think so. So, shall we take a little listen? Okay. Once you free your mind about the concept of uh, harmony and of music being correct, you can do whatever you want. So nobody told me what to do, and there was no preconception of... Again, that was Giorgio by Moroder, by Daft Punk. Two lines in that sentence. Uh, wasn't, that, wasn't that good? That was, that was awesome. Yeah, it's a cool That was pretty good. Yeah going to the next song it's, it's cool because there's each of their songs even in the order that they put them in is fairly different the next song within actually sounds a little bit like game of love similar sort of soothing robot stuff i'm glad that's a thing now that we keep calling it robot let's get yeah to- i don't know you got it stuck in my head so i keep calling it that because it's a, it's a it's an apt description for some reason the songs that sound like this with kind of like the soothing robot voice kind of yeah. reminded me of gladys from the portal games Oh my gosh, it dies. I don't know why. I think because it's a little bit higher pitch. When she sings in that song. Yeah, at the end where she's like, for those that are still alive. Or whatever. Alive. Yeah. Still alive, yeah. By uh, Jonathan Colton. Maybe that's why I like them, because 
don't think I'm weird, but I totally thought Gladys' voice in that game was, like, incredibly soothing. Fun fact about that. Well, they hired that voice actress because she's an opera singer, just so that she could sing the final song in the oh, first part of the game. <laughs> oh, that is funny. So they yeah. didn't hire her for her voice acting talents, although she's a great voice actor. They hired her for her singing talents. I think you're right, Peter. I think you hit a good point. Is this and Game of Love, I think, are much more soothing, and maybe I do associate it with Portal for some reason. Kind of <laughs> It but sounds like something I could listen to while playing. It's like it's so it's so different from Daft Punk's normal style, but it's like they really hit the nail on the head or something with like the mixture of this more soothing melodic robot voice with these like softer undertones like piano and like light jazz type stuff. Mm-hmm. Alex, did you have any fun facts about this song? Um, whoa, within yeah, it's featuring uh, Chili Gonzalez. That's why I like it. I love that guy. <laughs> He is a Grammy-nominated Canadian musician who resides in Paris, which, oh, that's very convenient for them. Oh, because they live in Paris. Uh, He's best known for his first MC and Electro albums. He's also a pianist, producer, and songwriter. He seems very jazzy, or is that maybe just me? He's kind of jazzy, yeah. Yes. Oh, this this song starts out with piano. That must be Chili Gonzalez playing. That makes sense. Uh, Interesting. Should we keep moving right along here? I think we should. There's a lot of songs to cover. Yeah, we're not even halfway through. We're go- this is going to be like a two-hour episode. Hopefully not. The next song in the album is, again, very different from the song prior, is the song Instant Crush, which also features Julian Casablancas. I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, Julian Casablancas is from the band called The Strokes. I should have known that. Yes, he's the singer and songwriter, etc. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, this song definitely more so than others. You kind of get that sort of crunchy rockness, rockiness to it. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely see sort of a stroke-esque influence there. The voice is kind of similar to the last song. A bit. A little bit. It's definitely a bit more peppy, but I can dig it. It sounds like an 80s song to me personally. Yeah, yeah. I thought that too. Agreed. Because there's electronic synthesizer from the 80s with their, you know, and then they've got the robots again. And it's mostly, they vocode Julian Casablancas a little bit. That's what I'm talking about, the robots. Uh, it's him, but underneath him is a robot version of him. But yeah, no, Instant Crush is good. Nice to know that the Strokes and Julian Casablanca is sort of lending a hand, because you can definitely, more so than the other songs, kind of feel like a more edgy, crunchy influence there. The song that comes after that is one of my favorites from the album. It's called Lose Yourself to Dance. This song is probably the funkiest off the album, not gonna lie. Even more than Get Lucky. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I would say they're definitely fighting for the top funk. And this one is the first one featuring Pharrell Williams. Mm-hmm. Who is Pharrell Williams? Is he famous? Uh, he's just a singer that he he shows up in a lot of like different music as vocals. Like I've heard him in um, some like electronic music. Mm. Uh, he's also technically a rapper and a record producer, and a fashion designer at that. Interesting. He's a one-man band. Yeah, I, know, I had never heard of him before this album. Me neither. But uh, he does some good stuff on this. This is why I'm pretty sure the background guitar is Nile Rodgers, because it sounds very Nile rodgers Yeah, it, does. it sounds very similar to um, the... Uh, Get Lucky. The, yeah, that, and also like the disco songs that we know that he did back in the day. With oh, oh, yeah. No, this, this is very chic-esque. I think that's part of why I like it. Yeah. It's nice to see, obviously, you can hear that throughout this song and throughout a couple of the songs on this album. Mm-hmm. For my vote, I think this is the funkiest. I don't know. What do you think, Alex? 
Yeah, I I would put this as one of the funkiest songs on here. Although Get Lucky's pretty funky. Maybe we'll let the listeners judge for themselves. There we go. I think in order to really get a sense of the total funkitude <laughs> of the song, we should um, let our ears drink in a little clip. Yeah, you guys should lose yourself to dance right now. Yeah, um, as as much as I love "Get Lucky," which we haven't even gotten to yet, but we've talked about so many times already. Because it's the it's the famous single. Two more songs. I don't know. I think this one might be my favorite one. I'm not sure. It's yeah. still between those two, but yeah, they're both pretty good. I definitely dig the the disco influenced songs. I think it's just because of my personal music tastes. Mm. What's our next song, Mr. Kyle? Our next song is called "Touch," which features Paul Williams, who is a very smooth sort of 60s 70s what do you call it like almost not soul but like um adult contemporary whatever i don't know <laughs> sure this song probably more than most because i remember alex you said that there's like in some of them they tried to in- infuse like a 50s 60s theme this probably has that theme i would mm. say yeah because there's like there's like a little there's horns and little horns in the background trumpets Paul Williams is, is a singer from early 60s to 70s. It's interesting, when I was listening to this again recently, the like electronic noises sounded very like, yeah, like 70s, mm-hmm. and it reminded me of the movie, like old sci-fi movies like uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Oh, do I have do I have some things to say about that? <laughs> Go ahead. No, 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 not regarding this song, regarding their final song. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, space stuff. We'll get to that. Yeah. There was some space, space vibes in the beginning of this song, too, though. Oh, yeah, totally. No doubt. Yeah, this is another um, kind of a slower song. and the, the vocals are kind of interesting, I would say, in the second half or so. Yeah. This is one of the very few songs, aside from maybe the one, couple with Pharrell Williams, that the artist's voice isn't robotified. Mm. Well, it's, it is at the beginning in the intro, but that's just, like, it's like yeah. hints of what's to come. Yeah. Exactly. No, I also like that there's, speaking of breaks, like, later on in the song, you're, like, it's, like, building up, building up, and then it, like, cuts off, and it sounds like the song just ended. Oh, and, and it, it keeps going, yeah. singing again, like, very soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. and, like, the five, five, I'm listening to it right now, at, like, the five-minute 30 mark, it just stops, and then goes into this other sound, <laughs> back to, <laughs> back to space. You're, like, what? Did, it, did the song end? Yeah, it's, like, you're almost, like, if it's on, like, a record or something, you almost think it's, like, a, sec- a different song. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the, the the style of music really jumps around a lot in this album. Not only from song to song, but within the songs as well. Um, by the way, speaking of like a record, uh, earlier you were mentioning um, Pretty Lights' released record. Yes. Um, or is going to. Daft Punk did release this on vinyl. Oh, I know. So. I almost bought it, but then I didn't. And I was kind of sad I didn't. It was still it time. Cool. It came out yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah. I probably still could buy it, huh? It's like a dirty... <laughs> It's like thirty-five dollars, though. That's that's all yeah. the monies. Yeah, but you get the full-size vinyl art book with it, so uh, that's, that's true. I was really debating getting uh, a Discovery because I found it on Amazon for like seventeen dollars. That's not bad. Yeah, if you guys have the expendable cash, please buy this on vinyl. It's <laughs> worth it. And then give it to Kyle. And then give it to yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
So this song actually is a really long one as well. It's actually the longest song if you don't count the intro to Giorgio by Moroder. Like mm-hmm. if you cut the intro out of that, it's shorter than this one because this one is eight minutes and nineteen seconds long. Well, like you said, it like cuts off at like five minutes, and you think it's a separate song, but it's not. Yeah. Now that we've been touched the right way, let's get lucky. Okay. So for anyone who is listening to this and has no idea anything about this album, we've been talking about the song Get Lucky several times already. And uh, as we were explaining earlier, this was the single that built up a lot of the, the hype for this album before it came out. It was number one on Beatport, which is like the online download site for DJs. Mm. And it's been all over the radio, like super popular. I think it I think it reached all the way to like number two on iTunes and like number one on Spotify at nice. this point. I guess Spotify just started doing their own aggregation of like most played songs to try to compete with Billboard. Uh, yeah, it appears that Get Lucky is still actually in like the top not top ten. So that's pretty good for cool. all of music ever. That's that's one thing that's so cool about Daft Punk not to jump off the jump to a subject is they are like the one electronic band the people who say they just despise electronic music still like mm. because they're so good at incorporating what people don't consider electronic sounds into yeah. what is really electro at its heart electronic music but they do it in such a way that it's like accessible to absolutely anybody even people who don't really have an ear or a taste for electronic it's pretty cool yeah and i mean this song especially i think personifies that probably pro- yeah i'm probably one of the least quote unquote electronic songs Agreed. I think I really think it's the the funkiest, but it's still got the robots in it. But it's got Nile Rodgers. Yeah, he's playing that bass. Fun. And, and it was really cool to see him in the the little like short music video thing they had of all of them performing. Yeah, yeah. Before I was like really 100% introduced to like funk and soul mm-hmm. in uh in middle and high school, I played guitar, and I don't know how, but I got introduced to Nile Rodgers, and I like always really liked him for some reason. Mm. He's really good. Yeah, he, he, I guess exploring exploring the work he did kind of got me into, like, Chic and stuff, so it first introduced me to, like, Disco, mm. which then expanded. I mean, I already knew about, I always knew about soul music, right. but I never really branched out into, say, Disco and, like, the dance music of the 70s and 80s. Mm. So, uh, if, if you guys haven't seen, they did uh, these videos called The Collaborators, which Daft Punk released as t- uh, time went on building up to this album, and it was interviews with each of the collaborators on this album. There's one for Pharrell Williams, and there's one for Nile Rodgers. And in the one for Pharrell Williams, he was talking about how, like, it's called Get Lucky. And he's not talking about just, like, you know, meeting up with someone and hooking up. He's, like, talking about truly getting lucky, meaning, like, you know, it is hooking up, but it's also, like, meeting the right someone, Mm. and you got lucky, you know? More like running into your soulmate type thing more than just getting your pants in a bunch. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's both, though, is what he's saying. It still is about the basic idea of getting lucky, but you know. No. But there's more to it, I guess. Yeah, there's there's a subtext there. Mm. Exactly. But no, you guys should really check out. Um, I know you got you two that I'm talking to, but our audience should probably <laughs> check out uh, all those videos because there's an interview of every single like major collaborator on this album. Um, just go on YouTube and type in Daft Punk collaborators, and that should pop it up. Yeah. I think it was done by like Intel or someone. I don't know. So, should we listen to it? That sounds good. For those of you who haven't already heard this already pretty darn popular song, uh, let's listen to a clip of Get Lucky. Get Lucky. 
I think the guitar, like we were saying with Nile Rodgers, really gives this song life. Uh, that kind of sets it apart from a lot of Daft Punk's other stuff. Agreed. It's just funky. That's what was so, yeah, this, like, even when I first heard the snippets of the song, like like Alex was saying, when, I, when you heard, like, the 15-second clip on SNL, mm-hmm. I was like, wait a second, this isn't Daft Punk, this is Daft Funk. <laughs> Those exact words? No, I think I just said that because you kept calling them Daft Funk, so I just, <laughs> amalg- I amalgamated your ideas with my thinking. The next song is called Beyond. It's track nine on the album. It starts out with some orchestral stuff, which is, like, you know, yeah. unexpected. And actually, before I jump into that, the orchestral stuff reminds me of, like, Legend of Zelda. It was, like, very epic. Yes! If you guys have Holy heard crap, that, yes. That, that sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, it, it reminded me of Legend of Zelda Symphony. Um, that and, like, Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, what? what's going on here? But no, it starts out very epic, and then it goes into the funkiness and more robots. Mm-hmm. Paul Williams worked on this song as well. That's the, the same guy that worked on Touch. Um, it sounds kind of similar to Touch in a lot of ways. I can dig it. The orchestral stuff completely threw me off when I was listening yeah. to this. I was like, what am I, did I accidentally switch albums <laughs> to kind of incorporate the two? Yeah. Because it, it literally transitions from like orchestra to funk. I don't even know how you do that. <laughs> Only Daft Punk. It's just like, oh, here's Legend of Zelda. No, here's Funk. <laughs> I was just looking at the lyrics to it, and it, it's like, it says dream, beyond dream, beyond life. It's like, it's very deep, and there's like song before sound to be found, and like rise, higher still, endless thrill, love, beyond love. It's, it's, it's about beyond. It's very, very deep mm. lyrics. It's kind of a chill out song, too. Yeah, for sure. The next song that we have is called... Motherboard. Okay, question, Alex, because you're a computer guy. Just because this made me think of this. Random access memories, does that have anything to do with computer RAM? If you take away the S, yes, that's exactly what RAM stands for. It's random access. That's what I thought. Okay. Uh, I had to confirm. For you you non-computer people out there, what RAM is, is it's, you've seen it, it's those little chips that you plug in and, uh, you know, it usually comes in gigs these days. Um, And you usually have like eight gigs of it. And what it does is, all those programs you have open at one time, it, it allows them to load into that, that temporary memory so you can have them all open at the same time. Basically, it's really fast memory. And that while your hard drive is slower memory because it takes longer to spin the disks if you have a spinning disk hard drive. So I guess you, to relate it to like what this is about, it's like what's currently on your mind, what's going through your head. Or it's the whole, like, these are random old music memories that they're going back to. I don't know. Those are my interpretations of it. What did you guys think of the song Motherboard? I thought it was kind of similar to Beyond, except yeah. without words. It's like if you were in a spaceship in the <laughs> 80s going through a nebula, this is what would play. That's true. I think some, the funky stuff during most of it sounds a little bit, like, tribal. I don't know if that's the right word, but, you know, like drums and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. But then with orchestral stuff added onto it, because there's like horns and stuff and flutes or, or clarinets. I don't know. It kind of mixes then, back and forth. Exactly. And then like there's this transition in the middle that sounds like electronic water. Like it sounds like water, but it's like modulated. Hmm. And and it's 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 over this unusual synthesizer electronics. I just I think they were just like ex- experimenting and going into like electronic, but also like this is one of the songs where it's like instead of just you know focusing on this one artist, it's less just Daft Punk trying to go into mixing the old and the new, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Kyle, would you like to tell us about our next song? Yeah. Um, our next song is called Fragments of Time, featuring Todd Edwards, who is a dude who sings stuff. Todd Edwards is a musician a, and garage producer, an American house and garage producer, and he currently resides in Los Angeles. That's pretty cool. He's actually one another one of the people they interviewed. Hmm. So if you want to find out more about him, just look it up on the collaborators. This one, I don't know what it is about it, but it has like a 90s feel to me, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Was Todd Edwards a 90s type of guy? It, yeah, he started his musical career in 1992. So. Oh, there you go. Bam, called it. Here's a fun fact. Todd Edwards co-produced and performed vocals on the Daft Punk song Face to Face on the album Discovery. Oh, cool. That's pretty cool. So he's like an old friend. Basically. Yeah, I remember hearing about that in the interview. He was like, oh, yeah, I worked on Face to Face, and then oh. they pulled him. I like Face to Face. What was, okay, Alex, because you're probably more familiar with this than I am, Was that, that was the album that Daft Punk, for all the videos for it, it was like anime, right? Uh, I believe, yes, that was Discovery, but I'm not 100%. Yes, yes, it was. Because that was pretty cool. I, lo- I, like, I saw a few of them, and I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> there was actually a limited edition of the album release that was like an all-Japanese and had these anime characters oh, on the front. Cool. Oh, that's funny. I guess without further ado, since there's not much more to say about it, uh, we should listen to Fragments of Time by Daft Punk, featuring Todd Edwards. song yeah no i'd say probably the third funkiest behind lose yourself and uh get lucky but definitely very funky it's like 90s meets 70s because it's it's Mm. he sounds very 90s but the backbeat is very 70s it's a good good way to say it the next song off the album uh second to last actually is the song doing it right by daft punk featuring panda bear (laughs) besides for now rogers Panda Bear was the only collaborator that I was actually semi-familiar with. I'm not familiar with Panda Bear at all. Well, I... He's this big bear that's black and white. He comes from Asia. <laughs> cool. No, the only reason I was familiar with Panda Bear is because I am semi-into like indie music. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they're not that indie, but in my, I guess, many swimming through Spotify and going through related artists to find, discover more music, I discovered these guys. Um, what you're referring to is the Animal Collective, correct? No, Panda Bear. Well, no, Panda Bear's part of the Animal Collective. Wait, Panda Bear is a person? Yes, Panda Bear is one person. See, this is confusing it's to me because... Bear. come on, guys. When I, when I was going through Spotify, there's an artist named Panda Bear, and I'm just oh, like, no. okay, this guy's that's name's him. Panda Bear. Yeah, no, that's just him, but then he's also part of the Animal Collective. Are there other, are there other people who are named after animals? I don't know. I know. <laughs> that would be, that would I know be freaking awesome. Animal masks, but um, the interesting thing is they they go by different name. Like he goes by Panda Bear, but then there's like Avery Tear, uh, De- Deacon, and Geologist. So those are their names in the band. Cool. This is probably my second or third favorite song off the album for some reason. It's pretty good because it's got the awesome robot voices, but the repetitive, I guess, overbeat of panda bear singing Hmm. it's so much different from anything else on this album it almost sounded like 
that sort of like electro indie stuff that's popular right now. Mm. Yeah, you definitely get that vibe. This song had like a drum machine in it going, yeah. you know? Yeah, and yeah. that makes sense because Panda Bear is, he's a drummer, but he's also, you know, an electronic artist. Mm. Yeah, so. I gotta say, from a bass perspective, this is definitely one of the bassier songs. Yeah. It's pretty freaking bassy because to, uh, today I was listening to it in um, my company's car and it has a super like bassy sound system, and I was like, "Whoa, that's a little louder bass than I'm used to." That's funny. Yeah, I think I think the panda dropped the bass. <laughs> so, with that uh, said, finally reached our last song. What is that, Mr. Peter? That song is "Contact" by Daft Punk. This song is weird because <laughs> it starts out with a clip that they took from the Apollo archives. They like contacted NASA, I believe. Let's get contacted. It's like interesting if you analyze what they're they're, they're talking about. It's they're they're like traveling. They're either on the moon or traveling towards the moon, and they see something off in the distance, a flashing light, something spinning. They said like it's going at a, a relative normal speed. Mm-hmm. And so I think what it is is they're saying, oh, there might be something else out there, you know. Well, yeah, it sounds very much like a UFO sighting or something. Exactly. But yeah, this song is it, it's like it's more than the other song. It's more of an evolutionary process because mm, yeah. it starts out like you said with the with the astronauts talking. It goes into this like electro organ, which sounds very upbeat. The electro organ reminded me of Phantom of the Opera. Yes, <laughs> I was very, like, okay, very much. And then it goes into like the synthesizer, and then this like heavy drums, which sounds really awesome. And then. I don't even know what happens after that. It goes into, like, this, like, screeching. <laughs> the reason I wanted to talk about the song, Alex, is because earlier you mentioned the other song reminding you of uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah. Well, in my explorings on Reddit, someone decided to take this particular song and basically paste it over the end scene from a 2001 Space Odyssey where he sees the giant obelisk and then he goes into the wormhole of death. With all the pretty um, colors. Yeah, he basically put the song in there from start to end. He didn't seem to manipulate manipulate the time in any way, and it ended right when the movie ended, right when it showed like the nebula. And the song matched that scene to a disturbingly accurate degree. Yeah, like, like to the, almost, like perfectly. It was like perfect. when it starts to go into the screeching and stuff. It actually like it was when the guy was going through the wormhole and you see that like trippy LSD light show and it just that evolving like scale of sound just matched that scene and it was really yeah. freaky accurate. Yeah, I found that really interesting when you said that to me, Kyle. Yeah, I wonder if they basically use that scene as I don't know, the basis I, for the song. I, I, would be, I would be very surprised if they didn't pull some sort of influence from that movie. Yeah. Um, fun fact, the uh, clip is from the Apollo 17 mission mm. and the person talking is Captain Eugene Cernan. Cool. And also, um, one of the, the they collaborated on this song with uh, DJ Falcon, which is an, another one of the people that they have those uh, collaborator interviews with. Cool. Is he a Falcon? Does he does he do a Falcon punch? Actually, I want I want to say something about this song. Yeah, yeah. The first time I listened to this, I actually really did not like it at all. I think I, I like, like it more. I like it a lot more now. It's probably one of my favorite songs in the album now. This song is a journey, basically, more than any of the other songs. Yeah. I appreciate it more for its, like, constant, like, evolution all the way up to, like, this insane screeching, like, gain and just nothing else. It's like someone slowly going insane or something. Kind of like the scene from the movie. Yeah, basically. 
when I got to work today, because at work they play Spotify over the radio, and in the morning the first thing they did was play through this entire album. Oh, cool. Um, and they were playing, this was the last song, and I was working, and all of a sudden I'm like, like I, I kind of tune the music out when I'm doing certain stuff, but all of a sudden I'm, I'm just like working, and all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is going on? I thought like the speaker was broken or something. Daft Punk always being unexpected with their sound, I guess. Yeah. Making you think that your speakers are broken. <laughs> Can we go ahead and listen to a clip of Contact? I think we should. So that was the 13th and final track from this album that we've been talking about for quite a while now. That's um, an unlucky number. <laughs> uh, this song, actually, because of that space clip, also just the way it's building up just sounds like it's a journey to the moon or another planet or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, totally. Like rocket boosters, like it's going like faster and faster and accelerating to a higher pitch. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that was a really cool album, and I'm... Yeah. Really enjoyed going through each and every song and analyzing it to an insane degree. Yeah. If you guys have any semblance of a love for funk, soul, or electronic music, I highly encourage you to pick up this album on whatever format you see fit, although I recommend vinyl. It's probably one of the best and most hyped albums probably of this 2010s, whatever you would call it. Any last words, Alex? Before you die! <laughs> oh, God! Yeah, no. As far as the final thoughts, this album like i said earlier is very different from the other stuff but what people need to do if they haven't already listened to it or if they have listened to it and really didn't like it they need to step back for a second re-listen to it and imagine that this is a brand new band or even better actually imagine it's daft punk side project mm. you know because if you if you keep in mind the old stuff you're gonna be and and if you like the old stuff a lot you may be disappointed if you don't have an open mind about it. So that's that's what I have to say. Just like step back and enjoy it as art. That's what this is. This is art. They they went and they did something different, experimental. They broadened their musical like sounds. They it, 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 I think it was pretty awesome that they collaborated with all these people and made such different electronic music. Yeah. But on the other hand, none of these songs are going to be played in a club that much. My friends heard them play Get Lucky at this EDM concert he went to this weekend. Mm-hmm. They said it just didn't sound right with all the other songs. And it makes I can see that. These songs are different. They're very old school. They're not the modern, like, dump, 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 you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I can't really imagine any of these songs working. Yeah. So unless they, like, remix them, which I'm sure lots of other people have already started doing... <laughs> Um, it's not modern EDM. It's just taking the old school, mixing it with the new school. I'm actually, I'm kind of wondering now, because Daft Punk is so influential in their own right, I'm wondering if any other groups are going to start this kind of this trend of taking more appreciation and influence from older music. I hope so. I guess we'll see. So yes, that was our review of Random Access Memories by Daft Punk that came out, what? May 21st, 2013. That's, that's right. But they released it a week early, but it was only streaming on iTunes legally, but it also leaked because people could rip it off iTunes. I see. Yeah. So it was streaming on iTunes, or you could purchase it on iTunes? It was streaming on iTunes. It's streaming and you could pre-order. Oh. 
So if you enjoyed this review and the music, and we hope you did, we encourage you to subscribe to our show on iTunes. If you search for Funk Radio and Podcast, we are the top hit, which is pretty cool. And we also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash getyourfunk. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you can also tell us how you like the show, and if you have any ideas for future shows, go ahead and tell us on Facebook. Yeah, if there's any albums or artists you could recommend that we review that are current yeah. or just awesome, I was not. Especially funky ones. Especially funky ones, because that's the theme of our show, even though sometimes it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> well, Alex, thanks a lot for joining us. No problem. I'm very happy to join you guys whenever. If you guys do another, you know, episode where it's more electronic music or something as big as like a new, you know, this Daft Punk album where that's very funky related electronic music, maybe um, we can do one when we come back. Cool. Maybe we can do one when Pretty Lights comes out. Well, he has that album coming out on July 2nd, I think, and that's kind of an experiment on his part too. So it should be pretty cool. So this has been your host, Kyle, and this has been your host, Peter. And this has been your guest host, Alex. Not ghost host. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Hey, oh, one more note. This is our 49th episode, so oh, our yeah. next episode, we're going to have our 50th anniversary episode. 50 years of being together. It feels like just yesterday, Peter. All right, well, listen to us next time. Bye. Bye. For more podcasts and the latest news in gaming, movies, and entertainment, visit 8thCircuit.com.